Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is a very special culture episode of The Guilty Feminist. Susan Wacoma and I got to go backstage at the Harold Pinter Theatre in the West End to interview the four lead actors of The Hills of California. That's Helena Wilson, Ophelia Lovibond, Leanne Best and Laura Donnelly. It's a really beautiful play about women set in the 70s and partly in the 50s. I am sure that if you can get to London, you will want to see it. It's running right now until the 15th of June. I'm sure it will tour afterwards and you can also get the play script if it's not coming anywhere near you very soon. And I think you'll really enjoy our conversation. Um, the way Tom's edited it, you come in on a little bit of backstage chat, so you're going to hear a little bit more than you normally would. Uh, there's no formal start to this show, um, which I think you'll probably enjoy very much. It's a really fun, good time. Please come with me to the hills of California. I'm going to check. Paranoia. 
Susan Wacoma, Hello. known very well to the Guilty Feminists as an actress and a uh, Guilty Feminist podcaster extraordinaire. Hello, Susan Wacoma. Hi, babes. Hey. <laughs> now, I've got exciting news for you. We are thrilled to be joined by the play's four leading actors. And you will notice that they're all women people. <laughs> oh, what? Get in a out! In the West End. At London. the same time! In London's <laughs> glittering West End. And the actually the male characters, there are male characters. There but are there. They're very much like wags, aren't they? They're wives and girlfriends. <laughs> they just sort of come in and out, do a little bit. And then they're they're wonderful off. wonderful actors. They're wonderful actors. Oh, go to the wrong. About, but so it's about but it's about sisters. It's about glorious women. star performances. But it's normally the other way around, and I'm loving it. So let me please introduce to you uh, Helena Wilson, who plays Gillian. Hello. Um, Ophelia Lovibond, who plays Ruby. Hi. Leanne Best, who plays Gloria. Oh yeah. And Laura Donnelly, who plays Veronica. Hello. And she's the mother of the girls and it's in two time periods. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what drew you to the role and how you drew this character? Uh, the What drew me to it is very simple, which is that it was written by Jez Butterworth. That's all I need to know. Mm. And I'm in. Um, I do think that he writes the most beautiful dialogue and the most wonderful roles regardless of whether that is male, female, uh, children, whatever. He, he's just always, he's always presenting beautiful characters on a stage with a lot for actors to do. And so I would be in any play that he wanted me to be in. Um, and in terms of finding the character, I think it was, I mean, I was lucky because I get to be a part of this because he and I live together. Uh, we, you know, I, I get to find out about this character from the beginning and as he's coming into her mind and so I get a lot of the work that that actors normally have to do in the first few weeks of rehearsal kind of just gets mm. done over a much longer period of time for me and so by the time I get to round a table to do a first table read I, I normally feel like I, I know that character pretty well already mm. and it's a question then of finding the, the truth in it um, sprinkled with a little bit of Shirley Ballas from Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, <laughs> if you'd be open to me moving in with you while you workshop the next character, I would be very happy. I'll Great. Sit on the sofa. Great. All right, cool. Um, no problem. As that does sound fascinating. My but kids might find it a little strange, but we'll just explain. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I think it's, yeah, yeah, I think it's very good for them to you know, be adaptable. <laughs> I if agree. Anything, if I learn anything from this show, it's about how an adaptable childhood um, doesn't fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially showbiz children notoriously just oh, healthy really? well rounded yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've referred to showbiz children and you all have to play showbiz children but you're not showbiz children you're now grown up there are also children who play showbiz children but you're the sort of uh, adult remains of child stars but they're in Blackpool, so they're trying to be stars and they're really trying to break through all the time and seeing show business as a way out of their situation. How is that for you? Shall we come to you, Helena? Because you're playing the youngest child? Yeah, I play the youngest child, Jill, who never left the guest house. So she watched as, you know, the setup that we had with Veronica uh, when we were really, you know, school age she has stayed there while that has just disintegrated and her two older sisters, Ruby and Gloria, have left, have married and left, and that hasn't happened for her for whatever reason. Um, I have theories. Um, <laughs> uh, and But I think, 
I think for Jill, Jill doesn't think of herself as somebody who might become famous or who might make it. It's only with her sisters. It's only in the group. So I think for Jill, it's about what happens when the band breaks up rather than what happens when that dream... You know, I, I sort of feel that as the youngest of the four, she was kind of co-opted in um, rather than being necessarily something that perhaps the others maybe wanted a bit more for themselves and sort of understood a bit more. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, Jill is Jill is the showbiz child grown up who is maybe quite happy to have left that behind or who doesn't mm. believe that that was ever for her in the first place. Mm. Um, and, but the, that's not the moments when it does come back. I think it's full of joy for her yeah. and it's a release. But I think that's more to do with being with her sisters, connected. And that nostalgia. Exactly. Like yeah. Rather than um, this is my moment, yeah. maybe. You were a showbiz kid, weren't you, Susie? I you... was not a showbiz <laughs> kid. No, I did, a, I did a CBBC show called Serious Jungle when I was 14, which was me being me and I went out to Malaysia and I was with orangutans. What a gig. It was wow. amazing. It was a competition for CBBC, but like not a star. When you say oh. I was with orangutans. Like, yeah. I didn't bring the one. I was being, I was, yeah, it was purple. It was, just um, <laughs> just, we just, it was a house, a wacky house. No, it was, I, we, the milk. <laughs> it was like a conservation oh. program that was for CBBC, but it was also like the beginning of like reality TV actually. Yeah, do you? Yes, I do. It is a bit mad that that was my life. So there are clips of me at 14 with a very squeaky voice like holding orangutan. And so we're building like feeding platforms to reintroduce them into the wild. So that was like my first taste of television. Let's move on. So, um, (laughs) and that got you hooked. (laughs) How this struck you and whether you've got any questions. No, no, I have it. No, I was about to do a little segue. Don't you worry. I just wanted to stop talking about the orangutans. (laughs) You've been acting for a really, really long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. Let me, let me, 50 years, I think. Let, let, me, let me rephrase that. You, you started acting really young as well. Okay, that's nice. There um, we go. I started acting at 10. I got my first play at 11, my first telly job at 12. So doing Yeah, so it's oh, super gosh, early. So, really yeah. this character. so um, you play Ruby. Like, Talk to us about Ruby and, and her relationship to wanting to be on stage and, you know, how much was that the goal for Ruby versus being with her sisters, like with Jill? I think similarly, she wanted to be with her sisters. She wanted to make her mum happy. I mean, you see when we go to the 50s, how much they enjoy it. It was a really happy household full of song and dance. And they they have this kind of really strong family unit that doesn't feel like they're missing anything. When that doesn't transpire the way they'd hoped, similarly, I don't think for Ruby it was her ultimate dream it was spending the time with her sisters and making her mum happy and just having a really fun childhood Mm. when you see her when she's older it's something that she is happy that Joan her elder sister who's who's gone to America she's happy that it's happened for her yes as she understands it and she she's mythologized her and, and made her into this sort of mythic idol that Ruby sort of identifies her identity is kind of shaped by by what she isn't mm. she and she's happy with that it's not that she feels the lack yeah of you definitely that. get that sense it's not that kind of like longing it's it's or the, resentment or anything yeah. it's just I'm so knowing that my sister's doing it yes. it is enough for me and that makes me happy even if I don't exactly know exactly what she's up to yeah. she's living that life and that's what keeps me going and that's mm. I'm 
yeah so she's not again defined but she doesn't feel like it's absence because she feels like it has been fulfilled by at least one of them yeah and that's okay one of us got out is that mm-hmm. the, the light and i would say in both Gillian's eyes and Ruby's eyes, it's like one of us got out and and on behalf, almost like vicariously, on behalf of all of us, at least one of us got out. I felt like um, your character, Leanne, um, she maybe had a different attitude towards it. I just loved the way Gloria came in in a sort of, it's like a burst of energy. It's extraordinary. I love mm, all Oh my God, your entrance. Reasons, but that entrance. <laughs> I felt the heat. Babe. Oh my God. It was extraordinary. I, I have to say, it is really hard for an actor to create what your, to, to um, uh, be able to communicate exactly what your state is in a really truthful way. And my God, like, yeah, it was hot. Well done. Energy. Like, you know, the glycerin is enormous. Yeah. <laughs> it's not real, it's When you read that part and that entrance, did you think, oh my God, what a gift? Like, because you're making so much of it. It's so enjoyable to watch. Uh, and so rare, I think, to get such a wham pow entrance. Yeah, I mean, it's like Laura said, you can't really say further than banging on stage at the opening of a new Des Butterworth play. There is. He knows how to make a moment, mm. um, so it's it is it's so much fun, and it's really robust. And she is glorious, Gloria. Even now, she is. It's really interesting, isn't it? Somebody said to me, you know, there's the trope of the hard woman, isn't there? The hard. As funny you said the words, mm. it's really glad that one of them got out, mm. and I don't necessarily think it's trying to get out. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it's the line that um, Veronica says when the guy in the guest house says, you want them to prosper. It's not about prospering. She wants them to live. She wants oh, them to soar. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I love about the play and where I think Gloria's vast bitterness comes from mm-hmm. and vast disappointment is that very often in those sort of funneled environments where people tell people who they're supposed to be so in this instance it's a working class seaside town Mm -hmm. and by the time you know when we meet them when we meet the web girls Mm -hmm. I mean Blackpool was Vegas yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it was you know the Beatles played there little Richard like everyone who was anyone came through Blackpool so they're on this periphery Mm -hmm. but I think for me the notion that they're talented enough mm-hmm. and they could have made it and they're mm-hmm. skint mm-hmm. but they're dreamers and they're artists yeah. that's what she wants for them so this notion this is where Jez is a seer like he just sees through all that stuff wow. oh my god Jez is here that's oh, that's 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 my entrance <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's why I love it. You yeah. know, you you were saying that I think quite often we can fall into and we do this with everyone. We do it all the time and I say this a lot, these will be sick of hearing me say it. Mm. But it's very easy to take places and people that have like a really archetypal available energy mm. that we can identify as being vastly different in a little bit. Then we boil it down to a stereotype and if mm. it's super lazy you get a trope. Mm. And I see a lot of that. And I see a lot of it with uh, women from these kinds of environments, you know, these kinds of environments, heavily inverted commas. And what I love about this play 
is it sets it all in this, I mean like it's Greek tragedy levels mm-hmm. of, yeah. my granddad was a club singer in Blackpool by the way oh, yes, really? that's my childhood there wow. do you know what I wanted to ask about Blackpool and about these seaside because like you said it was like Vegas like the biggest yeah. stars performed there what was the the research that you had to do like you said so you said that you've got that listen mine was mine was from the ages of about four but what's amazing is and again this is what jazz does so brilliantly it's the beginning of the end of the heyday and yes. then we meet them in the 70s yeah. and we're about to not only this portentous energy and there are these huge things that you know we talked about it a lot in rehearsals, God forbid you want more than you lot. Because oh, yeah. the price you pay if it doesn't work out is eviscerating. Yeah. There is no room to fall. And, and talk- I think that's why you're rooting for them so Yeah, You talk about it like Greek tragedy, but I know that that was so much where the beginning of the play had come from oh. um, in its genesis was, was that idea of uh, the, the, the Greek character who will make a sacrifice for the gods in order for the gods to give them preferment mm-hmm. or to you know and so I don't think for Veronica that it is about these girls becoming famous in the mm-hmm. way that we now think of mm-hmm. stardom and you know it's it's the idea of what that is is shifted it is just this idea that they will live these lives that will be magical and she has mm-hmm. seen something come down the line mm-hmm. because for a lot of uh, people, Blackpool would have been the the be all and end all of what they would want, but there's something she knows is coming. I think on some level that she can already see the end approaching, and she doesn't want them to be held back um, in the way that uh, that I guess she has felt to some degree in her life. And and exactly as you say, Leanne, that's that idea of well, God forbid that you should want it because there will be a sacrifice demanded, mm-hmm. and of course. In the play, there is a sacrifice demanded. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. Just to let you know, in case you haven't already heard, on the 3rd of March, I am comparing a show at the Roundhouse in London uh, called Voices for Gaza. And uh, it's got some extraordinary names in it. The Palestinian string quartet called the Galilee Quartet, another Palestinian and Middle Eastern acts. But also people you'll know from The Guilty Feminist, like Jen Brister and Susie Wacoma, some other great comics and actors like uh, Brian Cox and Harriet Walter from Succession. Um, it's £20 tickets because they're trying to absolutely pack the place. Just to be clear, I'm not producing this show. This has been put together uh, very economically in a short period of time by a brilliant group of theatre practitioners in London as an emergency fundraiser for MAP, that's Medical Aid for Palestine. What they do is they send British doctors, medical supplies and medical equipment to Gaza. Um, so this is really, really urgent. It's a very blitz spirit. If you get a £20 ticket, there's 250 seats on the floor and the rest will be standing. So if you really need a seat, get there really early on the night to bag yourself a seat. Otherwise, you will be standing. But as I said, it's blitz spirit, all muck in. Um, so we hope you will be on board for it. Um, there are, if you've got money, some VIP seats like in a dress circle section, which is all the money is going directly to MAP, are £250 each. If anyone would like one of those, I don't know that they're available on the Roundhouse website. So just email me at guiltyfeminist at gmail.com and I'll see if I can hook you up with the organisers to try and get you um, one of those. Um, in the meantime, if you, even if you can't come, if you bought a ticket for 20 quid, you could you know, give it to somebody else and all that money would be going to MAP. You can also, of course, direct. Uh, you can also, of course, donate to MAP directly. Um, also, I want to let you know we are doing an incredible new show, which is with Waterstones, the Guilty Feminist Waterstones Book Club. It will be on the 27th of March at Waterstones Piccadilly. Um, and we are interviewing Susie Miller, who wrote the play Prima Facie, and has now made that play a novel. Jessica Vosticure and I are talking to her and we will have another guest as well to make it more like, uh, so it'll be really like a book club. And we are contrasting it with feminist classic because we thought this is a good time to uh, to revisit some feminist classics. Maybe some of us have never read Fear of Flying by Erica Jong. Um, you can buy a ticket from Worcesters with one of those books included. Um, if you read those books before the night, there'll be no spoilers. So try and come along for that because I don't know when else you're going to see Susie Miller live on stage and it's our very first book club we're hoping to do for a year new books with feminist classics combined we think it'll be a really great thing for all of us to delve into those feminist classics and discover brand new books we've also got shows coming up at King's Place in March and April go to guiltyfeminist.com live shows and you can find tickets for all of these things and now on with the podcast Blackpool's really like another character in the play, yeah. which I thought was really interesting because we stay inside basically the, the private kitchen and the and the public parlour of one seaside guest town. But Blackpool is so alive in the the energy and the description, but also like the like the character of Veronica, the mother, she was in her heyday in the 50s, looking fabulous, you know, wheeling and dealing. 
And as she is dying, Blackpool is dying mm. because they keep referring to that shutdown and that mm-hmm. shutdown. Yeah. And of course, yeah. are the current 1970s stars, is David Bowie coming to Blackpool? No, he's mm. referenced, you know, yeah. and he's not going to come to Blackpool. But but in the back in the day, is you know, it's referenced a little, you know, the Beatles came. Yeah. And that is such a, like, the town is like a woman, yeah. you know, mm. and it's so heartbreaking and so beautiful. But I think it does in many ways speak to a contemporary audience about the fading of some things that we remember that yeah. are going on now in our cultural conversation in our country in our in the around the globe in how we feel about things so it felt extremely resonant to me um the other thing that felt very resonant to me was these um relationships between sisters which i found incredibly moving seeing them as seeing them young and seeing them older when they clearly have drifted apart because people couldn't travel as easily yeah. there was no email there was no facebook so you had to make an effort to write a letter it was expensive to use the phone and so even the ones that live close relatively close by don't clearly see a lot of each other can you speak about the bonds of the sisters and which sisters you you know you you have which relationship with yeah i'd love to get i'm really interested in in jill helena yeah of course yeah. um i completely agree with everything you've just said i would also add that i think when something um terrible happens in a family like that mm. it makes it even harder to pick up the phone right you know and i think what we talked about in rehearsals was this idea that you know what happens in the play in the 1950s timeline has we're still feeling you know sam <laughs> sam quoted chekhov um mm. in and he managed to make it like beautiful and not pretentious about <laughs> the, the 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 link between the past and the present being like a chain like a silver chain and if you shake one end you still you feel it yeah, all the yeah. way along and that's sam is the director yeah um, and you may have heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> he's done a few times. He's coming. He's oh, coming. He's, coming. Oh, okay. he's yeah. learned a lot from us. I wish him. I wish him the best. <laughs> yeah, he's um, doing, I, I hope he gets another job. Yeah, no, me too. Um, uh, so I think those. Anyway, all to say that those reverberations are still happening down yes. the line. But I think Jill. I think it broadly works out when they were younger at least and and obviously it's easy to fall back into those same dynamics in the same way as our um, dressing room patterns <laughs> oh really so uh, Jill and Ruby share and um, ah. yeah so I think I think and also Jill and Ruby are closer in age yes. um, we talked about there's varying degrees of mystery about uh, how many fathers uh, the, yes. the web girls may yes. have yes. and 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 that's not spoken about you know overtly but I think you know they're not stupid they you know they've been and and they've been guessing and whispering and thinking about this their whole adolescence I think so I think even there are these kind of unspoken bonds between um between different kind of configurations but it's really interesting whenever you take when you take one out of a quartet you know what what happens to the remaining three so I think Jill feels closest to Ruby and um naturally a little intimidated by Gloria but I actually think Jill and Gloria share a lot of DNA and we did a lot of work our first pass in rehearsals um we we I played a I played a vulnerable uh intimidated version of Jill that was that was only exacerbated by Gloria's energy and actually a lot of the work we did was to redress that and to make them different but a battle of equals yes and that they both learned that tenacity from Veronica their mum yeah um so that when I mean it makes it better dramatically as well um so that you see a real clash of 
um, two stubborn forces, exactly, who've gone their different ways, but who are a match for each other rather than the lion eats the lamb. Yeah. Um, Well, there is a line in the play, isn't there, about... I suppose everyone's got a talent and your talent is to stay home and there's a strength in staying, facing what is. Nurturing. She's the only one who's been in that room, really. You know, she's Mm. dying upstairs. Jill is the one by the bedside looking Mm. at this cadaver-like, you know, it's Mm. difficult. Rubbing her feet. Mm. It doesn't smell good. It doesn't sound good. It's hard work, you know, and, and Ruby and Gloria don't have... The strength to do that. So yeah. waving my chill flag here. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there is. And, and at the same time, there's something <laughs> true in what Gloria says about you're here. You're not here for mummy here because you can't find the door. That's also true. And I think that yeah. that that. But it's that's the dichotomy of life, isn't it? There's a strength and a yeah. weakness. And wins all and losses, and we we cannot have gone down different paths than the ones we went down. And it's very yes. easy to look at other people and think that there was another option. But we are formed by those decisions and we will have wins and we will have losses and that's what the beauty I think of plays like this is that 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 it is it is universal in that in that sense the saying you family know where your buttons are to push because they put them there and I think that there's a lot of that that goes on with the sisters yeah and I think that's where like we were said just the the resonance with people. It isn't it, but it's true. Like, and the um, we had a really hilarious day in rehearsals where we were just like the you know the end scene and not to give anything, we're just lacerating each other. <laughs> and you just think, like we said, repeat that they'll never come back from that. Yeah. And I think we've all had moments. It doesn't matter where your family's from, who you are, what the like the things that you can say to people that you are bonded with by love, those blood bonds, and then what that can lead to in terms of the understanding of yourself through another person, mm. yeah, through someone else that loves you like that and knows you like that and saw you when you were a kid. Yeah. Mm. I think it's very powerful. Isn't it? I find that so fascinating, the idea, like, because I've got a lot of sisters as well, mm. where you, you, you're you adults and you're sort of going around being an adult, but you do Correct. have that. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Pretending to be one. Yeah, pretending, absolutely, just pretending it, winging it. But then there is that memory of each other when you were small and that vulnerability. And that, I think, is absolutely there. Like you say, it's so easy to kind of cast you all in the kind of like the oh here's the kind of Mika sister but that's what people do mm-hmm. yeah. particularly with sisters is this oh is the my clever gosh. one this is the pretty one this yeah. is whatever oh and you 100%. slot into it willingly when yeah. you go back to your own yeah, home yeah. you've yeah. all just land right back in those roles Do- again even domestic role play at Christmas yeah. you know, oh just oh. like oh. weird and you hear yeah. yourself saying things and you're like what am I what am I you know, how do you know I'm a big success in the real world people take me seriously and it's just it's, but I will sit in the back seat yeah <laughs> with a turkey on my knee I still, I still have to sit on the garden chair <laughs> everyone else gets a wooden one right? like, no I'm the middle child but oh, I was the, no, the youngest was I'm kind of a pampered and my, our brother same. simply yeah. wouldn't even it wouldn't even occur to him but I, it's always like picking slugs off and spids and things and yeah. just like this is I, not even comes into question that can I get a cushion? Stop being, making it so fast. Oh, Amy. <laughs> no, I'm also really low. I'm kind of eating with my hands slightly above. And I think, what? I really, really ought to get a proper chair by now. I think I've earned it. If you also put it under the tree, wrap up a chair under the tree, and then go, oh, who's this from? The family. Oh, but it's a lovely chair. It's like, 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 it's
I I love the way also Veronica was not just a showbiz mum. You know, normally yes. there's a stereotype of showbiz mum, yeah. which is yeah. she's yeah. standing in the wings, mouthing the words, yeah. it's vicarious, she really yeah. wants to be out there. It's like all the tick, 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 yes. tick. She's not like She's not like that. Wow, no. well, what a complicated woman who also is so lovable and likable as well as being judgeable you know like all of those things that you just you I felt like I was in the family and therefore allowed to judge do you know what I mean yes um but I I loved her and I wanted to be I thought I loved loved watching a mum whose children enjoy her yeah Yeah, that's the thing there is that there is that kind of like there's that um strictness and discipline but there is genuine kind of warmth and excitement at Veronica absolutely I'm really really glad that you guys um picked up on that because I think she's a wonderful mother who makes a mistake and I yeah, think yeah. that we are we are all capable of that we've all got that coming down the line um, you know that's god knows what our children in 20 30 years time will be complaining about in a therapist office yeah. um, it's you know you, you do your best and she does her best and she does it in incredibly challenging circumstances and she has these beautiful warm moments she makes her children laugh she she provides them with um, I think a really beautiful atmosphere in the home where they feel like they are this little team and they've all got something to work towards and they have, you know, as you said, the, the song and dance and um, it doesn't feel to me like it is a you must be perfect, you must do this for me, that is where I want to be and therefore I'm going to live vicariously. Like, for example, I don't even think that she necessarily think she'll be part of that if they go out and yeah, live these amazing lives she'll still be back here running this guest house mm. and I think that she just really really wants the very very best for them and we are inclined of course with what happens in the in in act two we are inclined to place the blame squarely at her door and then it's very easy to look back and say well she was so strict and she was this and she wanted too much and she um and to to kind of uh, color her with that decision Mm -hmm. after the fact but I think in fact there we are again just blaming a woman for what a man brings into the house Mm -hmm. and she is then left to suffer the consequences of that as are all of the rest of the women while while the man walks out and goes about his life that's something I found so striking when I first read it was was exactly that was that I thought I I I think the immediate judgment will be on Veronica yes but but it's so, because that's the easiest yeah. it's kind of it's the way the water's always run and mm-hmm. it's just actually if let's just look over here mm-hmm. at, at who brings the catastrophe mm-hmm. it's just not examined no. no and I think and that is one I think um, I love hearing that that's what people have been discussing after the play when my friends have come to see it they, they've mm-hmm. their first thing is to judge the mother and then one of them goes hang on hang yeah exactly yeah. who brought it, that but it's also it's so understandable it's, that's why I say I judge like family. Like I felt like I was one of the <laughs> yeah. girls because I was like, yeah, you shouldn't have, but also I get, it was very complicated. It was very complex what happened. I and mean, we not, don't want to give spoilers. Yeah. You cannot put your finger on the moment. Just, even yeah, the, yeah. the, the no, no, stage. I, I think we were talking like, about this just, when, did just it, when did it happen? Yes. yes. Well, exactly. Did it happen? Yes. 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 You know, when people go, how does something like this happen? And I think the genius of the play is, that's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be a confluence of intention, a confluence of events. Yeah. And it's what they don't say to each yes. other that allows the thing to take life. Yes. 
And also mm. when we've been, obviously we've been living with it for like a really long time, the longest. And but it's been all, it's been a long. We've mm. been all yeah. in this world mm. together. And I've been really struck with how late in the day in that scene people realise mm-hmm. what yes. is about to happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And some people don't get it to the last, 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 last minute. Mm-hmm. And there are audible gasps, like I hear it on the monitor, yeah. there's audible gasps when people realise what's happening. Uh, because we don't want to think that that happens. Yeah. Also, again, they're like, well, surely the mother will get in the way. There's also the bit that I find the most... Not the most, but one of the most distressing components is there's two of the men in the house. Mm-hmm. There's two of the men in the house. Mm-hmm. He comes in and he knows there's no husband in that house. Mm-hmm. But there are two men in the house who know them, who love them, who've been in their lives, who've reared them alongside. Mm-hmm. So it's about the things, the people that need to be complicit by the absence of their yeah. intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and again, definitely bystander. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if that house was more resourced, would he ever have gotten over yeah. the door? Yeah, no. The simple answer is no. Yeah. So over all of that is the sort of a woman trying to literally lift these four kids out of poverty on her back mm-hmm. by herself. Mm-hmm. And also, I think she treats her elder eldest daughter like an equal. Mm-hmm. There's a wonderful moment of negotiation between the mother and the daughter. And it's all subtext. (laughs) And it's like, I'm going to negotiate with you. And it's like, are you blackmailing me? No, I'm pulling your leg. But but we know what's going on. The The whole audience is right there with you. But she's like... Earlier on in the play, we've heard that this daughter is like, like her. her. Yes, yes. yeah. Um, and so she she can she can play chess with this elder. She's the eldest. The eldest, especially in a house with only one parent, is always slightly treated like another parent. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's yes. other, you know, you look Absolutely. after them. And so there's an equalness with this fifteen-year-old that is absolutely understandable of the dynamic yeah. of a house with few resources and a working mother, and yeah. you know, also showbiz mum trying to get these kids ready and that where she goes you know is this what you want and you can see the moment when she treats her like an equal earlier mm-hmm. and then the moment when she should not treat her like an equal yes yes and the but how that dynamic was established absolutely and understandable and a lot of it is poverty and the promise and i love the fact that it's called the hills of california and all the rooms are named yes. after places in america and it's all about the great american dream seeping into the city of blackpool which would now be the equivalent of you know the seeping into the x-factor dream yes. you know mm. or something like that we can have more we can live we can travel we can and i love that it's not about prostitution. it's not about money it's about no. living and going somewhere and being some you know having the experience yeah. Yeah, and there's another like moral lesson going on there as well. When when Veronica first talks about the Andrews sisters, yes. who are, who oh, the who the girls are based yes. around, it's in the context of the Great Depression, right? And we've yeah. got and like you know the Grapes of Wrath theme tune is being bashed out on the piano while they so so it's not it is all of those things, and also you can overcome. Through, yes. You know, this yeah, isn't just true. singing and dancing. This is a way to live. It's a way to be safe Mm, as well. Yeah. You know, Veronica will have just come through two wars Mm -hmm. at the point that she's raising um, these children. And what even that must... It made me think a lot about my parents and raising me at a time in Northern Ireland when things were, you know, much more kind of regular and extreme. And and just what, what that... The context of that 
must bring to Mm -hmm. raising children and how you must on levels that go much deeper into your bloodstream than consciousness, Mm -hmm. how that must affect how you parent them, how you Mm -hmm. want to keep them safe and the decisions that you make. And yeah, exactly. As in, in the context of the Andrews sisters and the Great Depression, it's even if the worst comes, you will be okay. Yeah. And it's just keeping them safe as well in a very, very difficult world, I think. I think keeping them together as well, because you could, Veronica could have looked at each daughter and gone, okay, you're going to do this and you're going to do this. Yeah, I I felt like so much about them being tight-knit was when they go off to the London Palladium Mm -hmm. and you're not there because you've got to look after the guest house, Mm -hmm. they'll be together. Yes. There'll be one in the wings. There'll be, you know, there'll be, I love the bit. Um, Oh, God. Yeah, they'll have each other. So it felt so much about that as well as the big sort of American dream and what you can do and what you can achieve. I wanted to know a little bit more about the kind of, because you all sing. Let's just get this very clear, everybody. (laughs) Everybody everybody that we're interviewing sings and they all have amazing voices. And there's something really I find very moving about when choirs, I know you're not choir, but people singing. Not yet. (laughs) The album is announced. (laughs) It's a (laughs) surprise. ask a bit more about the process of singing and like the research you had to do like the Andrew sisters and like all those different groups and was there so what's the the experience singing on stage and then also what was it did you learn anything about these groups that you thought was that shocked you that you found particularly interesting I would like to first of all point yes. out that Sam Mendes neglected to audition anybody on the basis of their singing voice no <laughs> not a one not a one few thank so god it, so really this one was a complete stroke of luck <gasps> when we got to the first table read and suddenly <laughs> Helen and Ophelia had to break into a harmony and he went do you want to just give it a go and these two started singing and all of our jaws dropped yeah. <laughs> it was like oh that was lucky <laughs> he said that the end of the first rehearsal, you you can sing. I said, yeah, I was lucky. (laughs) (laughs) What would you have done? He said, don't you think about it. Oh, that is ballsy. He'll go far. Close harmony is hard. And I don't read music. So Candida, who was our musical supervisor, she would be speaking in notes, which meant absolutely nothing to me. I said, so is it up half a bit or up like a whole bit or down a bit? Yeah. And then I was told by another director that Pavarotti used to note he couldn't read music and he would just do a green arrow for up and a red arrow for down. I said, so I'll be fine if it's good enough for Pavarotti. So, but it was really, really fun. It was basically one of the four tenors. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a gig. That was one of the most, I loved that element of it because when you read it, you're reading lyrics and, you know it's a song but it's only when you come to go oh this is actually takes quite a long time and you're obviously when you're doing it in harmony and to pace and everything it it's a whole that's a whole other part of the that's a whole other character and the fact that they find each other again through song and it's Mm. when we're singing on stage it's some of the times I feel the least in control of my emotions. I, I feel so that amazing. watching it, that's my mm-hmm. visceral reaction to oh. just any kind of singing or group activity, I guess. <laughs> I just yeah. get, I'm like, we're all in it together. So moving. So what, so what was, so what was your, the research that you had to do in terms of those groups like the Andrew sisters who were kind of referred to a lot in the, in the, in the play? Kind of the play gives you it. Mm. So mm. like, I think we, like for definite or had like a tertiary awareness of like they are you know this is who these people were and these were the kind of and there are videos yeah you know the videos and da 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 um but I think that the play really and you can see how he's 
it, it gives them the template for what it could be so clearly mm. that when Veronica is round the table going did 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 she's drilling them on their Andrew's sisters kind of yeah. it's like she's given them military ops yeah because they are like this is if we follow this remit yeah. these kids that were driving mm. around the dust bowl and are worth however yeah. many million yeah. quit mm, and she really believes it mm-hmm. like she yeah. believes in them that's the tragedy if they were like if they weren't that I mean listen I will say as well I am Gloria in name and nature I was not the singer of the group but yeah. they like for me the most heartbreaking thing was the first day I mean obviously Ophelia and Helena sing beautifully together Laura's got a great voice I feel like I'm doing all right at the end thank you Candida but <laughs> um the first day in rehearsals where we saw those girls do that dance through, oh. I mean, yeah. cool I, we were hysterical. Because yeah. they're, they're brilliant. Because they're brilliant. Yeah. The tragedy brilliant. Is, yes. is they are brilliant. So that was a lot of the research, really. It was like, yeah, was watching I watched them girls. and then I watched the Andrew sisters, the things yeah. that yes. they were doing. But I mean, it's that, that was the... That was a lot of the research and then feeling how it was fleshing them out. Mm. Um, I would also say really quickly, there's a thing that happens when you sing in close harmony, like you learn, you get so fixated on your your bit, getting your bit right, yeah. that, you're, that you're kind of all just like with your fingers in, literally with our fingers in yeah. our ears, just trying to get our bit right. And then there's a thing that happens, which the character experiences too, where you have to subsume yourself into the whole, you have to stop just worrying about yourself yeah. and listen to the whole. And that's when you catch the older girls at that point in their journey that's harder and harder to do as an adult is to go I have to let go of my shit and and be and do what serves the thing I mean it is it's I think it's a perfect metaphor for the play and for family and for sisterhood is that when you relinquish who you think you are and surrender to the group you actually find a better understanding of yourself mm-hmm. and as the four of them link together and you surrender to that harmony it you you find harmony and we remind ourselves of that in acting it every single night yeah. as well. It's yeah. precisely the same yeah. lesson, yeah. which is yeah. if you serve the play, the story, and we all stay very, very linked. And Sam was wonderful at kind of doing our pre-match talk uh, before our before our. Oh, he's good. Preview. We were saying it's the Jaeger Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the dressing room. Very good at those. Because he then did leave us. So. And then he got yeah, off. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he reminded us. You know, you just have got to stay in that harmony together particularly mm. um as the you know the play goes on yeah. yeah interestingly i noticed or maybe it's I think it's much just coming to me now actually this is the thing about a good play is lines mean something to you the next day oh. that uh, Gillian says somebody asks her um who her dad was and she says to deflect and jokingly the boogie woogie bugle boy of company b yeah but actually Music and harmony is the dad of the play. Yeah. It's the second parent, is yeah. the discipline of coming together, the joy of coming together, the harmony of these girls being together. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> oh, oh, but you know, you know, it's so beautiful that you're doing that though, because ultimately, oh. as well, we're talking about things that are ritualistic. Yes. And women gather. Mm-hmm. Women gather in whether you want to call it trauma or ritual or like whatever it is and they ritualize their pain and that's where this stuff comes from so whether it's close harmony singing at the end it's ritualized pain women know what to do with it it they know how to alchemize it when ophelia says every night how's that mom that's as big a prayer to the that's That's as big as as you would ever guess so i'm not it is that Yeah. They gather. Women know what to do with their pain when they gather. 
And that is the perfect place oh, to leave this podcast. But I really recommend if you can get to the Hills of California, possibly um, it's... Cu- Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Currently in the West End, I'm sure it will tour forever. I'm sure it will. I <laughs> well, heard too. people on press night going, well, that's a shoe in for Broadway. So good luck. Oh, have fun in New York. Yes. Have fun in New York. Your um, mouth. <laughs> there's no way that's not going to Hello Moon's going to be amazing playing Gloria. Uh, <laughs> um, you, you are the young Helen Mirren and she will queue for tickets Listen, to see you. Thanks so much to everyone at the Harold Pinter Theatre and everyone who made this recording possible. Uh, Please go to hillsofcaliforniaplay.com if you'd like to find tickets. Currently booking till the 15th of June and watch out in case there's an extension. Thank you. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.